In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our holy patron, St. Francis de Sales, whose feast we celebrated this week, famously said to the community of sisters, which he founded with St. Jane Francis de Chantal, famously told them at this time of year in one of his conferences, La purification n'a point d'octave. The feast of the purification has no octave. It should endure our entire lives. Only a couple of weeks earlier, we were told that the Magi, after coming to adore our Lord in the crash, we were told that they went home by another way. And so we do so now, by this way of purification. The full meaning of this feast, this very ancient feast which we celebrate now to close the Christmas season, can only be fully understood if we celebrate a solemn liturgy such as the one we have the grace to celebrate today, beginning with the solemn blessing of candles and the procession, which we have all just taken part in. Some of you know that I spent this January teaching at our seminary in Italy this year, one of the classes I taught was sixth century church fathers, particularly St. Gregory the Great. One of the beautiful things that we learn about when studying the fathers of this time period is that at that point in time, the Holy Mass was already celebrated in a manner almost identical to the way in which we celebrate it here tonight. This is especially true for this feast day in particular. Already by the time of St. Gregory the Great, the manner of blessing the candles and observing the procession had been fixed for several generations. And if we celebrate it the way we did today, according to the traditional Roman rite, we understand its full meaning because of its relation to the other ceremonies we find during the liturgical year, which seem to mirror it. Not surprisingly, if we are to consider this, we find that there are three such ceremonies. Three times in which we begin the liturgy with the sacred ministers vested in violet, the celebrant in a violet cope, and the deacon and subdeacon in those very ancient vestments called folded chasubles, dating back to a time even before St. Gregory the Great, when all the sacred ministers wore that same robe that the priest wore, the chasuble. But in order to perform their functions, the deacon and subdeacon would fold part of it. This takes place, I say, three times 
during the liturgical year. We have three blessings, and on two of those occasions, the blessing is followed by a procession. We have, first of all, the blessing of candles and the procession which we have just celebrated. In a few weeks, we will have the second of these ceremonies. And when the celebrant and deacon and subdeacon come forth from the sacristy, it will look almost identical to today, although the occasion will be much different. It will no longer be a celebration of Christmas. It will be Ash Wednesday. And the final time is at the close of Lent for Palm Sunday, when once more we shall find the priest, the deacon and subdeacon emerging in violet vestments, the color of penance, in order to bless the palms which will be held in the procession of palms before the celebration of Mass for Palm Sunday. We might well ask, however, why would the Church decide, and indeed, as indeed she did at such an early date in history, that the closing of Christmas should be celebrated with a ceremony such as this? Now we are vested in white or gold to celebrate a Mass which seems very much like another Mass of Christmas. We sing the preface of the Nativity. The Mass we are hearing tonight is the same as the one the choir sang for Midnight Mass. And yet we began the ceremony tonight in violet, just as we would for Ash Wednesday or Palm Sunday. Many of our fathers in the faith have offered beautiful explanations for this ancient practice of the Church, whose true origin and establishment is now lost in a hoary antiquity. Earlier today, my fellow priest gave a talk to the young ladies here of the parish, the Company of the Immaculate, and explained to them that one of the titles for this feast, a Greek title, which is nevertheless mentioned in the Roman Rite, is Ipopanti, the meeting, the encounter. From the earliest times, the idea was that this procession should be a recollection of that beautiful going forth of all these holy personages to meet in the temple at Jerusalem. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, Simeon and Anna. This was a procession of saints. But the church has always decreed that for us, this procession of candles which first we offer one of the most powerful blessings of the year, invoking the power of the light of Christ against the evil one, we process in violet to show that this is not a procession of saints, but rather of sinners. This is why the same color will be worn for Ash Wednesday, and why the procession on Palm Sunday will also take place in violet. It would seem almost 
that Palm Sunday also should be in another color. For is it not a celebration of our King, our Savior Jesus Christ? Nevertheless, it is a procession of sinners. It is a procession of those who must in all humility confess that although at this moment they claim him as their king, at many other times in their lives they deny him or even bring him to the cross on account of their sins. No, as St. Francis de Sales tells us, the purification has no octave. Unlike Christmas and Epiphany, we do not celebrate this feast for eight days to observe it in a solemn manner. Today, it is announced that we must, from now until our last day, undergo the way of penance. This is that other way proposed to us by the Magi, the other way by which we return now to our heavenly home. This way of penance, this royal way of the cross, guided by our own true light, which is Christ, the light unto the revelation of the Gentiles and the glory of his people Israel. Amen.